And now for an interview conversation with Salome Harris. You've been in mind for a while. Um, okay. Because I just love, and I've, I've shared this with you before, but I really need you to get, I love the way you show up for yourself. You know, um, you're my ideal type of person to, to coach because like you, you, I feel like it takes three things to make this journey successful. Like, mm -hmm. and we have effective tools. You're oh, going to yeah. get, gonna get adequate support for me. I got it. It's there. Most people don't even tap into everything that's available, but hey. Um, but then it also takes like you being ready, you know, and you committing oh. to yourself. And it doesn't mean perfect. And I know you know that. Um, but it's just, it's everybody ain't here for it, you know? And I love how you you tap into everything that will serve you well. You 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 do your reflections, you you do the work and you're here for it. And it's just been amazing. You show up in the spaces and all of that. And I appreciate you for it. Um, and it's been really a joy and delight, like watching you evolve over all this time. And I feel like I'm just a supporting cast member. Like you, you know, like y'all be doing, you do the work. People got, that's what people don't get. Like you got to do the work. This is on you. You owe you. you know? and, and, I, and today, maybe with our talk, we'll learn how I got to that place where yeah. I want to do the work for myself. Right, that's, right. That's the biggest hurdle. Well, I'm, I'm expecting it to come, come out because <laughs> I know there's something special there. You know, and I don't, you know, I never really shared with you with the whole point of my interview. So when in doing my interviews from the very beginning, when I started my podcast, I always knew that I would want to keep interviews in the rotation um, because even with calling it one woman's wisdom, like my perspective is like, yo, this is my experience. This is what has worked for me. This is what serves me well. Mm -hmm. Maybe it'll work for you. So it's like eat the hay, spit out the sticks. But I believe that everybody, you know, has wisdom to offer, um, especially someone who has evolved as you have just in the past like year and a half. So yeah. Right. Yeah. So who is Salome Harris? Woo. Um, I, I would probably say I am uh, a resilient woman. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a mother and I love being a mom. Mm -hmm. um, love being an auntie, sister, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> friend. I, I think I'm, I'm a woman of kindness. One of the things, like one of my biggest things is um, really treating people with kindness and yeah. with grace in all situations that I'm in, whether it's my job or my everyday life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I just really want to show kindness because some days it's just missing out here in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Kind to mm -hmm. other people. Um, resilient because, um, you know, uh, my challenges have made me uh, be resilient. Yes. Uh, you know, they have formed that resiliency in me. Um, I'm an educator, but along with that, I'm a learner. So I think mm -hmm. you can't be one without the other. I love mm -hmm. teaching, but on the same token, I love learning. It's like one of my, you know, I have a really huge growth mindset. I like to learn about a lot of different topics, mm -hmm. a lot of different things. So being a, being a teacher um, kind of fits in. It's kind of my niche. I learned like somewhere in my life that I was a teacher. It wasn't what I initially set out to be, yeah. Um, but it was in there. Yeah, something that I love. So, all right, cool. Thanks for sharing that. At some point, we're gonna come back to that resilience piece. I might even do it now. That's that's the part that's sticking out to me the most mm -hmm. with resilient. And I would love to get your opinion on something, but I have to find it. But um, I used to always 
speak of an individual's resilience as like complimenting them on it. And it's amazing, like it requires strength, overcoming adversity and challenges and things of that nature. Uh, but I came across this quote. It was a lengthy quote, and that's why I can't remember it. <laughs> but it was like, I don't know, maybe a month ago. And it, it, it made me pause from then on every time I go to acknowledge, like, acknowledge someone or compliment them as being resilient. Because I feel like I got a lot of resilient people around my mom, like resilient. But like you said, it comes with a lot of challenges. Um, and when I find this quote, if I happen to find it while we're on here, I want to get your official thoughts on it. But just, just in general, it was kind of talking about, I know she started off saying, I dream of never being called resilient again. Um, but she kind of went into this thing of how like she wants to be supported and loved and have community and how resilience, you know, it while it's born out of adversity and challenges, she kind of positioned it from a perspective of having to be so resilient because you didn't have the connection and community that you desired or needed. How does that fit for you? So with your resilience and the challenges, how, how do you feel you have navigated through that? What did you feel? solo or did you feel supported? Ooh, um, for most of it, I felt solo. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like, and, but on the other end of that, so it made me grow because, um, when you, it's called, it's kind of like post-traumatic growth. You, you go through trauma situations and you got to grow and move on, Mm -hmm. which I was just reading about that in in an article about resilience. Um, the trauma either pushes you to grow to another level or you sink into the trauma and get stuck there. So Mm -hmm. I think with being resilient, I took some of the trauma, some of them, and Mm -hmm. it allowed me to grow. But in other situations in my life, I found that um, I really needed community and support to grow in other areas that were stagnant or couldn't get growth because of the the trauma. So Mm -hmm. I think I, I would say, and for me, it was a dual thing. Some okay. areas push me to grow and out of that resilience, I'm like, okay, I got to do it. Got to get it done. And I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other parts of me that sunk into the trauma uh, didn't grow. Mm-hmm. And so I had some areas in my life that I needed growth in that I needed a community. I needed support mm-hmm. in order to get that kind of growth, which I think I've had in the last year and a half. I would yeah. say that's a huge, huge part of where mm-hmm my growth came from is right. well let's unpack that let's unpack that a bit so first of all you you, you said and you skipped past it real easy but i want to make sure people call it post-traumatic growth and yeah. i've heard that that phrasing once before but like you hear too often people talk more about post-traumatic stress syndrome you know and they don't talk about post-traumatic growth but all in all you know me i feel like everything like it's a choice you know how we yeah. choose to navigate from one space to another or whether or not we stay stuck, it is a choice, but it does help um, when we have adequate support and effective tools. And so what I hear you saying is for you, some of it was a post-traumatic growth thing, but then there were other places where you kind of leaned into the trauma or fell into it and you needed community in order to grow and move forward from there. Can you um, unpack that a bit? Share more on that? Okay. I think um, one of the areas I think uh, that I knew I was stuck in was some of the emotional things from uh, my childhood, just Mm -hmm. really stuck there, had a lot to do with identity um, and who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. And um, somewhere along the line, I realized that um, the influences or things that I was doing in my life some of the time was based on what other people said 
mm-hmm. and not really based on my sense of identity. So I had that missing kind of piece where everybody kind of, you want to fit in somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, um, sometimes through situations, I didn't feel like I fit here. I didn't fit there. And because of that, I lost part of my own identity or didn't yeah. even know what my identity yeah. was. And so I let other people kind of dictate uh, who I am. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. which um, on, in some instances and in most instances was not a good thing because I couldn't be, I didn't feel like I could be my authentic self. Um, I was always trying to do things to fit into whatever that circle is. And, um, and so that led me to just be um, what somebody else's picture of me looked like. And yeah. now I, you know, authentically wanted to put out there for mm-hmm. myself. And so um, you can get caught in that, you know, and yeah. I get caught in that and get caught up in different things of, of other people and what they think I should be and who mm-hmm. they as and but what do I see my own self as in the mm-hmm. world? So um, yeah. this last year has been a big, huge circle of that, of, of reclaiming uh, my identity yeah, and um, putting forward who I am as a person and not so much what other people think or mm-hmm. think I have to be. Nice. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and that is a, that's something that I feel a lot of people deal with, like, most of us don't even stop to think, who am I? Uh, what do I want? You know, so on and so forth. But we just allow society, our parents, outside factors just to structure that for us. And we just fall into it or, you know, without even necessarily thinking. Mm-hmm. And so for you, what was the catalyst for you to, to first of all, recognize and realize that and then decide, you know, I, I'm going to reclaim my identity as you termed it? I think one of the things is I was in the midst of another trauma. (laughs) You know, I was just in the midst of a health concern. And for a long time, I knew I wasn't feeling well. I -hmm. just, things, it was just, I was just not, I was just not feeling well, Mm -hmm. just mentally, just all of it, body wise, Mm -hmm. everything. And then I was just like, I can't keep doing this to myself. Yeah. (laughs) I can't, I got to stop. And that's kind of when the COVID year kind of happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just happened after a diagnosis of uh, uh, renal failure, chronic kidney mm-hmm. failing. Um, and I was in dire straits, you know, kidneys function at 38%. And the doctor's mm-hmm. like, no, if it keeps going down, we're going to put you on dialysis. And it's just, mm-hmm. here comes a trauma. What? Mm-hmm. Right. And then we hit COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All of this happens, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. And I say, it's the year I got that I didn't know I needed. COVID. Yes, huh? The best year of my life, to be honest. Listen, me and you both. It's been, um, it was an awesome year. And it's funny because because you hear people talk about it like challenge and adversity and all of that. And there was a time when I would kind of be careful how I talked about it because I'm like, yeah. it's beautiful. I love it, you know? And, you know, I saw people on both ends of, of the spectrum where it's like, they allowed this time to pull them deeper into an abyss, if you will. Um, and there are other people who really use this time to grow and evolve and take care of them, you know, and definitely you're one of those people. So even with COVID, and that's one of the questions that, you know, especially during 2020, I was asking people for sure about how, how they've been impacted by the pa- pandemic and mm-hmm. how they've been adjusting to it. 
So like, can you say more, like, how did you capitalize on 2020 to make it, did you say the best year of your life? Is that oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, it one of the best, at least. I mean, mm-hmm. it's up there at the top two or three. Years. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was the year I said, you know, you know, we went home in that March and I had got that diagnosis and I was involved, of course, you know, with Project Life and, mm-hmm. you know, on the outskirts, kind of, you know, being a part of some of the small group stuff you would have. Right. But- I'm going to pause you real quick because everybody don't know what that is. Oh, okay. <laughs> So like Project Life, y'all, Project Life is my, my coaching platform, stands for Lifestyle Improvement Through Faith and Empowerment. Um, and so Salome, Queen Salome has been tapped into a number different pieces of that because it's multi-layered, but that's what she's referencing. So go ahead. So you tapped into Project All Life. Right. So um, I have been doing that and um, I did one thing. It's a, I follow this podcast uh, called The Doctor's Pharmacy. Okay. And um, I went to the functional medicine doctor because I had been going to a regular doctor this mm-hmm. whole time and nobody had told me my kidneys were failing and it had mm-hmm. been five years that my kidneys were failing. Oh, wow. That, people don't know that piece. Right. Uh, it had been five years. I had been doing to the doctor regularly. Every right. Year. And you're not that old. You know what I mean? Like, I know, right? You care to share your age or is that personal? 54. 54. Yeah. Come on. Uh-huh. So it had been five years of my kidneys were going this way. And it just so happens I went to a functional medicine doctor, which is a doctor that they want to heal your body using food and medication. And so that was, um, I started there and that's how I found out my kidneys were not functioning correctly. So I started on a path there where um, kind of reset my body for like Mm -hmm. 24 days, like Mm -hmm. pulling off of certain foods Mm -hmm. um, and eventually off of medication. My high blood pressure. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Pulled me out of that. And and so I got started on that journey. And then it just so happens uh, you offered a group Mm -hmm. uh, to be involved with. And I was involved in the Project Life groups, which are about Mm -hmm. the same thing. And that's how it started me on my journey to A, one, I found out it was not necessarily all about the food, but it was all about the emotions and the identity. Yes, mindset stuff. Um, behind all of that. And so during that time and within that year, I think July, I started doing Beach Body, which is the other thing, mm-hmm. that group as well. Mm-hmm. And um, that com- in that community and in Project Life community, what it did for me was give me a safe place mm-hmm. to be me. A safe place to be you. Yo, that, that's, oh, that's touching my heart because that's major. A safe place to be you. A safe place to be yeah. me. It was no judgment. So I'm going to get all teary eyed. Okay. Um, <laughs> Emotions are fine with me. Okay. Um, it gave me a safe place where I could kind of let down the barriers or the walls um, that have been built up over the time in, in you know, with my identity and mm-hmm. who I am as a person and what I want as, uh, you know, in my own life and what yeah. I, you know, those kinds of things. So it gave me a safe place to think about myself mm-hmm. for a minute and yeah. not worry about um, the kids, everybody else around me. And mm-hmm. just that COVID year was so much a me year. Yeah. Um, all about me year where I sat down and I went through um, past hurts mm-hmm past traumas, mm-hmm. validated those things for myself. Cause you mm-hmm. know, we want people to validate that, you know, what they did and the other stuff. And it just doesn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
did it for myself. Yes, this was wrong. This was not how it was supposed to be. Now what you're going to do from here, Salome? Right, right. Yes, you got this diagnosis about your kidneys. Now what you're going to do from here? Mm-hmm. Um, now, is this the life you want to lead, Salome? Or what is it that you want out of your life? Is yeah. Uh, continue right here so it's just uh-huh. i love how you saying your name i love it <laughs> saying your own name that's right uh-huh. that's right you know i had to start talking to myself what is it that you 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 really want to do and, and who do you really want to become and what do you want to put out here in the world for yourself yeah. for your own life and that was huge for this COVID year and it gave me time and space because i was home yeah from home um a lot of personal time mm-hmm. i could eat right i could plan my meals mm-hmm size when I wanted to. Yeah. Um, and so it became really a blockbuster year in yeah. my and in my just not health being my body health, but my well-being health with my mental health. Yeah. The year I needed <laughs> didn't know I really needed. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So so tell me this because you know, depending on who you ask, we're coming out of COVID, right? People got their own perspectives on everything. But the point right. is the world is starting to get back to some of the norms and even you I know your your job you're you're back to work maybe not full time in that space but it's getting closer and closer to that um how is the transition going for you and in that like what I'm most wanting to know is about your self-care because obviously you can't have a me year without focusing on you and self-care and all of that and I hear that in so much of what you're talking about so how did you practice self-care on a consistent basis during the pandemic and how has that transition gone for you or how is it going for you now practicing mm-hmm. self-care? Um, so during that, uh, my me year, my pandemic year, uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, it was daily exercise, planning my meals, mm-hmm. shopping. It was meditation, you know, yes. minutes of my day in the morning. A lot of the stuff started in the morning, of course, because I was already home. Mm-hmm. Um, it was reading and doing some personal development stuff, you know, working mm-hmm. on myself in areas that, you know, I wanted to grow. Um, so that was a daily basis. And how I'm transitioning now is this year for me is about, you know, this next year as I'm coming through mm-hmm. is about forming, I mean, I have formed habits over the year. So now it's, it is almost second nature for me to eat right. And yeah. I know I got to exercise or, but mm-hmm. I'm seeing uh, a habit app right now so mm-hmm. that I know that I, you know, got to get my water in, got to mm-hmm. get, so I'm using a habit app. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm using a journal on my reflections. Um, yeah. I'm adjusting my, I'm kind of scheduling out my day. Like on this day, if I'm at home, I can work out in the morning. I'm creating a schedule for that because mm-hmm. I got to continue it. It's it's something now when I know, when I go off a little bit, because nobody's perfect, but when right. I go off, my whole body just changed. I already know. Yep, that's not that. And I said it the other day. Why do you think going back to eating that would be, good when you know uh-huh. <laughs> what are you doing with this you know right right so those habits have really been forming so I'm trying to create even greater habits okay awesome so I hear not a lot of intentionality in what you just shared like you mentioned you ha- I have a habit at I'm journaling I'm scheduling my day you know so or did those things just come or was that intuitive for you to decide to incorporate these different practices tools or resources or like, how did that come about? No, I, I wouldn't say it was intuitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say um, it was learned over the last year with being involved in uh, Project Life. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of journaling and yeah. reflective activities there. 
And then uh, in the Beachbody group, we do, you know, there's a check-in. So, you know, right. and I'm good with my check-in. So this is me, of course, because that's, I like to check in mm-hmm. <laughs> because one, I appreciate the people on the other end who are running the group. So I check right. in and do my part because I'm committed to this. And yes. being a part of a community. And we're a community, right. Shows that, you know, you can show up in mm-hmm. space. It brings accountability to my life, which is right. We need it. You know, right. I read something the other day where it said, um, if you are trying to change habits, you need to buddy up with somebody because the longevity of your habit. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it'd be longer, like six. They were like in the study, like the people still doing it like six years later because they had hooked up with somebody else who was doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. And that, that's one reason why we offer the support. And I know you keep separating them like Project Life and Beachbody, but the way <laughs> you're doing it, it's it's tied in. You know, there's. Yeah. Project Life is multi-layered, and then our our health and fitness focus. We use Beachbody tools, yes. but that that's what that is why the social support is critical, yes. um, or why we have that piece in place. Yes. And that was one of the things. Like even with me studying, you know, women's health behavior, we found that no matter how autonomous or independent the woman, when it came to her self care journey, especially yes. like that social support was critical. It was a game changer. Um, and I don't know whose quote this is, who said it, but it was. Um, like, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together, you know? And so that just, that came in my mind when you're talking about the longevity of it. Um, and you still here and committed and cemented a year and a half later. Absolutely. I'm here, committed and cemented like five and a half years later. Like you said, not perfect, but cemented and knowing like, I ain't never going back to what it used to be. No. And, and the community uh-huh. is such a critical part of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you were talking in the beginning and I, I found that quote. So I'm gonna read it to oh, you. Okay. All right. right. And it, it ties into the next question I'm going to ask you. You were talking a lot in the beginning about like you're a resilient woman. The quote that I was mentioning is it says, I dream of never being called resilient again in my life. I'm exhausted by strength. I want support. I want softness. I want ease. I want to be amongst kin not patted on the back for how well I take a hit or for how many. And yeah, I heard that. I was like, man, that's a good point, you know, but sometimes we do got to show up and and be resilient because, because what the support that we desire may not be there. But what I do know is that we will find whatever we seek, you know, that, that piece I do know. And so I definitely applaud you for at, for, for seeking what you needed in all the ways and in all the areas, you know, and community was one of those things that has been instrumental for you. But over the course of your lifespan, this resilient woman that you've become, what would you say is the, the greatest hurt you've experienced in life and how did you overcome it? Ooh, greatest hurt. Um, the greatest hurt. Wow. Uh, I think uh, one of the major hurts in my life was growing up without parents. Uh, you know, I was um, one of like eight children um, and then given away at birth, given away, meaning I went to a foster care system at birth. Okay. Um, so I never knew that I, about you. Okay. <laughs> so I have foster parents um, mm-hmm. in some ways, a very dysfunctional foster home. Okay. It was in for a long time up until I was like 12 or 13. Um, so I think the biggest hurt came out of not feeling wanted mm, yeah. uh, from early on in life. And mm-hmm. so uh, when you grow up with that kind of, um, you know, I don't have a, any memories of my 
biological father or mother saying they love me. I don't mm-hmm. have, I think I met my biological mom when I was like 13 years old. So uh, of course, by then you already developed a picture of who that person is to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, by the absence. And so I think because of their absence early on in our lives, um, I missed a lot of nurturing. Mm-hmm. And, that's a, and that's a hurtful place to be as you grow up where you don't feel um, you don't feel like you belong or you didn't get any nurturing that mm-hmm. you get to thrive, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's, that's probably my biggest, one of the biggest hurts that I can say. Okay. Life. And do you feel that is a hurt that you are still processing or do you feel like it's a hurt that you've healed from and overcome? I think I'm still, I've, because I think parents are a lifelong thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and there have been people, don't get me wrong, who have filled some of the void in that area throughout mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. But I think um, you always need your parents all mm-hmm. throughout your life, whether it's, you know, the relationship when you're a child or when you're or adult relationship, like, I, you know, I share with my daughter now, mm-hmm. you know, I think in some ways I'm healed in other ways. I don't know what I missed or that hurtful part comes as I, you know, as I go through circumstances in my life where. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad to have a mom to say mm-hmm. something to or dad and never had those experiences. So, yeah, uh, I, I say I still process something okay. throughout my and, life. And do you see that as something that you will always deal with? Or do you see that as something that you and tell me if this is not the right wording, but the way it's coming to me is like be, be completely healed from. So like we had different experiences. I, I know what it's like to to feel unwanted, not because I was given away in uh, foster care system, but like my father didn't show up in my, in my life the way that he should have. Like at one point I was, uh, disowned. Um, and the thing is I, I used to wonder, um, cause like there's different sets of siblings. There was, well, there's me, I don't have a whole sibling, if that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. I just, I don't, it's just me that shares the same mom and dad. And then I have a, a set of siblings that they, you know, he, he had with, one woman and they, they never experienced him. They, ne- they never had, I don't want to say never in life, but when we were younger, um, you know, they didn't really experience him, have a relationship with him at the point that I was processing certain thoughts, but I had a very strong and consistent relationship with my paternal grandmother. And mm. so because of that, I got to see him sometimes, but I always felt kind of mixed as far as like, you know, which one of us have it. And this is back. And this is how I used to think that right. and I have evolved so much. But um, I used to think who has it worse, me right. or my two sisters who really don't know him at all or get to see him at all. Because while they never get to see him or have any experience with him, I do get to see him. But I also have to see him be a, an amazing father to my other two siblings that he had in his current relationship and then wonder what was wrong with me that he wouldn't be that father to me. Because it's not that you're incapable. I see that it's not that you're just completely incapable, but it's what is it about me, right? right. So I have experienced what it's like to, to not feel wanted. And there's been times in my life where I thought I was healed and well from that, but but then something would happen or nothing would happen at all. And just like one, two, three times a year would hit me, you know? And then my husband's mm-hmm. consoled me about it, but, but I know now, and this is official as of April, 2015, like I'm completely healed and well and whole from that. So I say all that to say, I identify with you to an extent. It's not the same situation or circumstances, but in you still processing like absent parents or feeling not being wanted, 
Um, do you feel that is something you will always deal with or is it something that you believe you can heal from? Fully? Oh, I believe I can heal from it fully. Okay. I think the parts of me now, like the parts of me that has to deal with my mom and that part, um, that part is healed even more than it is so much from my father. So that's mm-hmm. a whole other issue. Um, but because what, what I, I got a piece of, someone said to me, uh, as I was going through these circumstances is, mm-hmm. um, which helped heal me actually, to be honest, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the part with my mom, pour into your daughter, what you would have wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I embarked on that journey mm-hmm. to make our relationship, um, you know, as healthy and as thriving and as nurturing that I could be. Mm-hmm. So what kind of mom would I have wanted? And so mm-hmm. in part, <laughs> having a daughter um, who I share a uh, most wonderful relationship yeah, with. Yeah, and it's obvious my, too. Yes, my heart. Um, that healed me so much mm-hmm. to be part of her life. And, and st- I mean, you know, that's my best bud that, you know, we yeah hanging out all the time. That's my girl. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that piece of advice really solidified my healing with my mom more with my dad who had another marriage and a whole nother relationship and mm-hmm. raised kids over here. So that's a whole nother part. Mm-hmm. Too because, right. Yeah. And, and I was still in the <laughs> foster home, but you had a whole new family. So yeah. that's another part. I think I'm more healed from it than I am hurt from it. I think at this point in my life, I feel like I'm, I have gotten way further than where I was. Yeah. And this last year helped me with that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I, I want to, if I'm just I'm about to praise you a little bit more, right? Because I hear you like, okay, past feeling unwanted. And like you said, you missed a lot of nurture. Um, I have, I have never, like, you don't seem bitter at all right now. I, I'm not in your every single day intimate life, but I have always experienced you as kind, you know, and I know that a lot of people, can have an experience like yours and then they allow that to make them bitter because they didn't get the nurture they wanted or the love they wanted. And so they get a really hard heart. And you're one of the kindest people, honestly, kindest people that I ever get to exchange with, especially, and, and we have, yeah, you know, frequent <laughs> exchange, you know? And so I, I, I salute you for that. Um, and like you said, your relationship with your daughter um, it's very obvious how, how much you value her and vice versa and the closeness. And that's, that's dope. So I love it. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. <laughs> so let's flip this around though. Well, actually let's stay there. So what's your, what's your, you know, and I heard some very good advice there where you said someone said to you to pour into your daughter what you wanted, you know, from your mom that didn't get. Um, but what would you say is your, your best parenting advice? Uh, here's what I would say. Um, I think, you know, our community, we have a, a big thing in our community about, you know, wanting the best for our kids, of course. Mm-hmm. And so that includes um, education. You know, they have to have uh, opportunities well above what we have. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm, I would say my one of the things is as parents, we always look at our children and we want certain things for their lives. Mm-hmm. And I think the best thing I've learned is to let my daughter be who she wants to be yeah in her life um and to understand how far i go to that impact and it probably had to be around her you know you know we push education and i pushed her for grades and mm-hmm. be involved in this and do this and, do, and we did and then we got to her college years and 
you know, we were going down this, we, you hear me say it, Mm -hmm. we were going down this one track and it was a moment with her in college. She said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to, she was in a major at college. She was Mm -hmm. like in a pre-med major. Um, And we had done all this doctor stuff, like all along. (laughs) And she Mm -hmm. got the pre-med and she's like, mom, I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. And it was me being, um, as a parent, you're like, oh, we, you know, we spent all this time getting you ready to do that. No, that's not what I said. I said, whatever you want to do, it's your life. Mm-hmm. You get to decide you, the path that you want to do. So one of my, the biggest things and one of the biggest transitions I had was letting go of my ideal of what it is that this child should be mm-hmm. and know that the influence and the things that I have poured into her, she is a whole person who Mm -hmm. has her own ideas, her own set of goals and things that she wants and let her be who she is. Yes. And not try to make her who I want her to be, Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. I want her to do, you know, or, or, you know, even, even it goes so far as, um, you know, anything uh, they want to do, you know, or any mistake they made. I learned mm-hmm. to be very supportive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In her decisions. Yeah. Her choices, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Be so be a supportive parent to her, yeah. her dreams and not try to force her to do something I wanted her to do. <laughs> right. Right. And I think that's that's so valuable. I heard I heard that advice summed up in this way before, and I think it's awesome. But I said, there comes a time in our children's lives where we have to realize we're no longer the manager, but the consultant, which means they may come to you for some suggestions or feedback or may not. But it's like you just you can offer. But it is what it is. But be supportive. And I think a lot of relationships, parent child relationships, they get strained because of that reason. You know, and honestly, like in my son, you know, he's young, you know, he just turned 11. But I feel like the sooner you can implement that's and I know everybody's different, but the sooner yeah. I, you can implement that mindset, yeah. the better I try to cultivate. I want to cultivate freedom and self-awareness and him using his voice, you know, yeah. him knowing what he wants, because otherwise what happens is we end up like you were saying at the beginning, turning out to be this combination of what, you know, other people think, say, have forced yeah. on us. And it's not really who we are, what we want. Right. You know, and then you got to go through this process, right? Of reclaiming your identity. And there there could be yeah. a, that, there's something to be said about the confidence piece too. But like when, when you feel supported and nurtured in who you aim to be or how you aim to be and not forced into somebody else's way, like there's a confidence that comes early with that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that's, that's yeah. really awesome advice. Thank you for sharing it. You're welcome. Tell me this, what is, again, you're talking about last year, we're going to, you know, there's a lot of intertwined stuff here and we went into the parent route, but another route I could go, even going back to when we were talking about your greatest hurt, let's flip that, right? Um, On the opposite end of the spectrum, but what brings you joy right now? Right now, what brings me joy? Um, Right now, um, my self-care really brings me joy now, days. Uh, that's huge. Um, I'm uh, taking on new challenges in my life, uh, rather it be, um, I'm thinking, um, I'm interested in going on this mission trip to Africa in December. Um, So just doing things I want to do is really bringing me a lot of joy. Yeah, that's beautiful. Can you, can you tell me, because I mean, everybody's allowed to have their perspective and their opinion. 
but I would love to know from you, like, wh what do you see as self-care? Um, because oftentimes I think there's a, still a large segment of people that when they hear that, they think I'm getting my nails done or whatever. And, and maybe that is a part of your self-care, but I think it's like, I think there's a difference and this is just my perspective. There's yeah. pampering and there's self-care. We deserve both. But in my world, getting your nails done, it's not self-care, it's pampering. And I deserve both. But for when it comes to self-care, what is that to you? Like that brings you joy and what is it? Oh, it's pouring into myself so I can grow in areas where I need to grow. So whether it's um, whether it's uh, feeding myself the right foods so that I maintain good health in my body, uh, you know, so it could be my grocery store list, yes. <laughs> grocery store uh, trip is self-care because I'm getting things that are good for me. Mm -hmm. um, it's the other parts of me is working on my mindset and yeah. how I'm feeling about myself and others and the space mm -hmm. that I'm taking up and, and I'm in. So that part about my myself and how I think about me, mm -hmm. uh, my other, the other part about it is um, uh, not only my body, but my soul, my spiritual part of me mm -hmm. um, and working on uh, the being connected in a spiritual way. Yeah. Um, to God. Uh, and so not so much from the outside in, but from the inside out to me, mm -hmm. it's yeah. the that matters to me the most these days. I love the way you position that not so much from the outside in, you know, with the, you know, the, the nails and, uh, and have it if you want, but yeah. it's from the inside out. I love that. I right. love the way you position that. It's beautiful. So I heard you say self-care is pouring into yourself so that you can grow in the areas that you need or want to grow. Mm -hmm. I dig that. That's dope. Yeah. So, so with that, like, what is something that you are actively working to improve about yourself, an area that you're actively intentionally aiming to grow in? Um, right now, um, I'm working on um, myself in the area of my habits, yeah. um, which we talked about before with my habit app. And mm -hmm. I am so that I continue to cultivate a healthy perspective uh, in my life, whether it be mm -hmm. drinking water whether my app says meditate, take a minute and breathe. Uh, yes. which, you know, we don't even think about breathing because it is second nature. I mean, it's what our body does, but mm -hmm. the, uh, the intentional breathing for me Completely is really helping, yeah. uh, to just settle in and to hear myself and hear my own thoughts and mm -hmm. uh, listen to myself and listen mm -hmm. to, God, you know, mm -hmm. so those, those parts. Um, so I'm doing that, um, reading, <laughs> mm -hmm. I think that's really fundamental in me learning um, mm -hmm. about different areas. Um, mm -hmm. so that's uh, like I got a schedule for that. Like maybe Wednesdays and Thursdays, I'm going to read instead of watch TV or do whatever else. So yeah, just doing activities that really bring uh, life to me. You know, yeah, exercising and just a whole lot of stuff. And then the other piece of that um, is uh, being in a community of people. Mm -hmm. It's self care mm -hmm. for me too. Because mm -hmm. I need community, you know, yeah. I need connections and with relationships that I'm building. And the other part is building new relationships with with people and being surrounded by other people who are growing. Mm -hmm. Cultivate that in me. Yes, that's that. so important. It's so it's so important. I, I feel like in it, and I really believe you hear this in a lot of uh, personal development books. But like we really become like the combination of the five people we spend the most time with. You know, and even in me getting into this coaching in this community in the way that I did, my my initial reason had nothing to do with health and fitness, had nothing to do with the financial opportunity. It had everything to do with needing and wanting to be connected to other like-minded individuals who were growing and thriving 
Um, and yes, still even being resilient, um, yeah. but supporting one another too. And, and, and that community is important. Absolutely. So I also heard you mention when you were talking about self-care, you mentioned something about spiritual connect, uh, spirituality and spiritual connection, you know, and then working from the inside out. What is spirituality to you? Uh, com- right now it's communication and relationship. It's hearing. Mm-hmm. It's listening. It's quiet sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's the interaction with, with God uh, through prayer, through meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, and spirituality to me today uh, is involved so much from yeah. it's, it's really an uh, inside out kind of thing as well. Mm-hmm. It's how I treat other people on a day to day basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, that to me brings more spirituality than anything that how am I treating another creative person? <laughs> yeah. My journey, you know? And so um, it's not as superficial. It's not the outside stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the more um, impactful things uh, that matter in life. Um, mm-hmm. It's my relationships and how I keep relationship with others. That's mm-hmm. out of that place of it within me. I, I just, you know, I think it's, like I said, it's just not superficial. It's not just the things I do. It's not just going to church. It's not just those parts of it. It's it's so much more than that. Giving back in my in the community where I can. Mm-hmm. I, I just take it's it goes with me everywhere I go. Whether I'm yeah. at work, it doesn't matter. My spirituality shows up there mm-hmm. because I treat people the way you know they're supposed to be treated. Right. Know? Yes, ma'am. All right. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's one of the biggest life, le- one of your biggest life lessons? Um, you're 54. Heard you mention yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, you've experienced some things. You've overcome some traumas. You put out yeah. a lot of joy. You're a very intentional woman. Like what's one of your biggest life lessons? My w- biggest life lesson. Uh, what would I say that is? Woo. Uh, it's a lot of life lessons. Hold on. <laughs> You're trying to filter through and decide which one you want. Through, like, wow, I've learned so much throughout my life. Um, I tell you what, let's do this. Maybe maybe we can do this. Go ahead. Just throw them out as they come, and I'll pick one I want to dig into. How's that? (laughs) Um, uh, One of the big life lessons I learned is what happens when uh, prayer doesn't work. <laughs> that's I'm digging into that one. Let's just start. Let's just do that. I'm telling. And I want to because, and it's interesting because this um, it ties in with the last interview conversation that I had. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to that yet, but but a, a, a good piece of her sharing, even though it wasn't worded exactly in that way, when prayer doesn't work, is is what it was about and how it caused a spiritual shift for her and what it meant for her family. But can you? Yeah, can you share? So I so so I'll, I'll go back to a, a place of uh, trauma. Okay. <laughs> so probably was I was thirty nine. My other sister, my one of my older sister, was forty, mm-hmm. and um, somewhere in November, a couple of days from my birthday, she called. We said, "Hey, what are we doing for your birthday this weekend?" And that Friday, I was teaching and got a call, and she had um, passed out at work. And so we went to the hospital, my sister, my other sister and I, and um, overnight she had passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, found out it was like a brainstem 
uh, tumor at her brainstem. Um, she collapsed and she never regained consciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at that time, we prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And when I say we pray, we pray. I mean, just, mm-hmm. I mean, we just pulled out the stops. And based on what I knew about faith back then, mm-hmm. um, I was just 100% sure she's going to wake up and everything was going to be just fine and, and all of that. Yes. And, and so what happens when the prayer is not answered and, mm-hmm. and it still happens? Mm-hmm. So happens. She passed away. And so why that's pivotal for me and one of my major life lessons is because um, at that particular time, she was one of the closest persons to me that had ever passed in my life. Yeah. And so it's my first dealings with that kind of, of sorrow. Mm-hmm. And so it, my faith took a blow. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. I, everybody pray what do you mean God she just she's just gonna go like that I mean just out of nowhere and it was really hard to deal with it mm-hmm. was tough and so um I questioned you know God is big enough for me to question that yes <laughs> you know, absolutely creator of the world I'm certain you can deal with my little question about this yes so, so um so I did I was like God I don't understand this Mm-hmm. And so went back to all this, you know, we grew up crazy like this. We all, you know, we all hither and yon and we got together and then all of a sudden she's going to drop dead out of the blue. What mm-hmm. happened? My prayer's not answered. I had a mm-hmm. tough time. Mm-hmm. So what I learned through that um, situation is um, it, some, some, you don't have no control over certain things. And, and I think sometimes <laughs> we are taught that our prayer can control all this other stuff out here. And sometimes mm-hmm. we don't have control over that. And this, and the lesson out of that is I'm not going to understand why everything happens in the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have control of it. And my prayer may necessarily not rectify that situation. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, learn to grow from that there's a lot going on in this world i don't understand mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. say what i don't know will make a whole nother world so <laughs> i love it <laughs> go ahead grandpa it's true. <laughs> it's true i mean you just yeah. don't know why things happen yeah and um that's a hard truth to come to in that situation for me it was hard yeah. to come to like and that the prayer that we were making for the situation was not going to change the outcome Mm-hmm. 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 You're about to live with the outcome. Yes. Okay. Which, which is tough. Which Thank is- you for that. Thank you. So how did so I heard you say that in all of that your faith took a blow? Mm-hmm. How did how did your faith recover, if you will? Um, was it just simply say, hey, you know, bad things happen to good people? I, I'm sure I wasn't as simple as you make it seem. You know no. what I'm saying? So <laughs> unpack that for us just a little bit. How did your faith recover from such a blow? It was years. Yeah. When I say it was years, it was years. You know, mm-hmm. I was not a part of church after that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I because I couldn't. I some and somewhere in my mind, I couldn't. I never let go of God, but I just couldn't ascertain like how can this mm-hmm. just how how does life roll out like this, God? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And so how I recovered was I. Um, it's all about perspective mm-hmm. for me. So, um, 
even though um, I guess in some, it is sometimes as simple as that. I sometimes I have to take the good with the bad. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm not the only one who's ever gone through something like this. Mm-hmm. So I think on some level, I, it just came to an understanding or I came to an understanding that this life we have is short mm-hmm. in the spectrum of, of, of the world. Oh, there is. Yeah. Like, you know, a little blip on the screen. Mm-hmm. And um, you just, you, you know, it's, it's a level of acceptance somewhere along the line there. Mm-hmm. Um, just had to accept. Okay. Yeah. Accept and allow. Yeah, I think that's a powerful yeah. lesson right there. And, and those are words that I say that's often, good. accept and allow. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes easier than others, right? But yeah. it's, it's yeah. definitely worth holding on to if we're going to navigate well through this life. Yeah. Um, and it reminds me of something I heard in one of the personal development books I was engaged in just this week. But it was something like, um, I don't know who said it, but because he, he was quoting someone else, every negative uh, thing that we experience um, like believing that there is benefit of equal or greater value, you know? Um, And the thing is we have two options, right? We can wallow in our sorrow, if you will, focus Mm -hmm. on the hurt, the pain, the negativity, um, or we can attune our eyes to, and again, sometimes it's easier to see than others, but I know that, and I said this earlier in this, in this conversation, I don't even remember what it's about, but we'll seek whatever we find. Oh yeah. We'll seek whatever we find. We will see it. And so um, that's, I think that's definitely a great discipline to have in life. If we're going to live a life of joy, you know, on the other end of all of this. So yeah, thank you. Thing, and the good thing that came out of that is her son came to live with me. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, and I had an opportunity to um, raise her son. So I put that into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To raise yes. It. So, you know, absolutely. Like I took it and we we grew through the trauma. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Yes. All right. Sure. So uh, one more question I'm going to ask you before I allow you to flip a, f- a few back on me. Okay. Um, an easy light one, right? Because again, like you're growing and you're growing on purpose. And I've heard you mention you're reading a couple of times. You even mentioned it in your habit app. What's mm-hmm. your habit app? What's the name of it? Is it just, is it just called habit app or? Uh, what is it called? Um, it is called Better You. Better you. All right. Just in case anyone want to tap into that. Better That's you. Called better you. Yes. But um, also just pra- by way of practical suggestion, what, what are you reading right now? Um, and or some books along your past year and a half or two that have really added value to your life and helping you become the woman you are. Oh, yeah. Uh, OK, so I got um, so I got a bunch <laughs> of books here. I love how you just lit up when you went to start answering that. That's great. Go ahead. <laughs> because I got, I got all kinds of books because I love books. But um, uh, I'm reading one called Spiritual Rhythm, which okay. I'm reading with them in a book club with, with my girlfriends. It's um, like every season of your soul talking about spirituality and yeah. in these different, because we do go through different seasons in mm-hmm. our spirituality. I wish I had had that book way back then, but right. I got it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reading a book called The Noter, Sir. It, okay. Where um, it's a book about perspective. Nice. And okay, we're just talking about uh, that. Yeah, it walks through various individuals, and there's a, a man in there named Jones who is uh, kind of the one who sees past just the surface stuff mm-hmm. and looks at the bigger picture. So yeah, is this more of a is it a fiction book or is it a, a personal growth book? What what type of book is that one? Mm-hmm. No, sir. It's fiction. 
Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Which if we pay attention, you can get a lot of growth out of that too. It is, but it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of both. It's kind of both to me. Uh, okay. We have some personal development stuff in there. I'm, wa- I'm finishing up uh, Girl, Wash Your Face. Okay. Um, which is a good book that I've been reading for a while and rereading some things mm-hmm. over. Um, I got another one that I had started called Do It Scared. Okay. I think fear is a big, big, big one mm-hmm. um, in our lives. And we think because we have fear, we shouldn't do it, but we should do it even if we have fear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, what would be the point of courage, right? Right. Yes. We won't okay. have to need courage without fear. So, yeah. so do it scared. Um, and and a whole bunch. There's a book down, Woman Evolved, that I'm look reading or okay. just got for Mother's Day. That's down there. So okay. <laughs> Come on, you about to give us your whole bookshelf? You love yeah, it. Whole bookshelf full of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. Great. Thank you for sharing for sharing those. That's awesome. Keep it going because that that's definitely a part of my opinion of the personal growth process, the information that we're taking in and then from there processing it, applying it, you know, assessing it and then either revamping or reinforcing. So keep growing. It's beautiful. It's definitely beautiful. Um, Yes. So go ahead. What you got for me? Okay, a couple questions Mm -hmm. because I know you do this podcast. So I said, hmm, what podcast are you listening to? (laughs) <laughs> ah, yeah, good question. Good question. So I'm actually currently subscribed to 20 different podcasts. However, okay, I don't really have time for all that because I also do audit like so. This is the thing. I'm usually listening to something that's gonna help me grow. Like I, you know, music is cool, but I don't do music anywhere near as often as I'm listening to podcasts or an audiobook. Okay. Um, and so I feel like if it wasn't for my audiobooks, you know, then I'll probably be getting through these podcasts a lot more but even though i'm subscribed to 20 of them and i find value in them from time to time the ones that i listen to most often are the minimalist okay. um and i just always like to put that disclaimer on there that it's, it's about so much more than what people would initially think it's not about getting rid of all your stuff but i just love how they they're how minimalism can be applied to every area and aspect of life um and i just i really dig these dudes perspective so the minimalist um, okay. the mindset mentor is one that I have in, in regular rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then optimal living daily and, um, optimal living daily actually has a bunch of, uh, there, there's the, there's the core one, optimal living daily, but then there's also optimal living daily for like relationships, finance, startups, health, but I'm really just mainly into that core one. And the, the reason I like that one, um, is because they're short and sweet. They, they load one every day. They're no more than 10 minutes. Um, and there's always going to be something practical you can pull from it real easy. Like so that. that so those are the three that I, I tap into most frequently. Yeah. Okay. And so do you think relationships are easy or complicated? Yeah, I love this question. And I love it because this seems like seems like this question always gets that's the one that everybody picks when they're asking me a question back oh, on this interview. Okay. Yeah, but the beautiful thing is it enables me to see how my perspective keeps evolving or shifts or changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel relationships, they definitely can be easy. I think it depends on the people. I'm going to say yes, but at a different point in my life, I wouldn't have, but that's because I was doing it differently, right? Mm-hmm. But but part of... Part of um, 
of relationships being easy for me now is because I because of two things. For one, I learned a really wonderful life lesson a couple years ago. I got it from Ayala Benzant. And because of where I was in life and what was transpiring, it really it stuck with me and it's been a game changer. And it's that like you can't you can't teach people how to love you, right? You get to tell them mm-hmm. how you want to be loved maybe one time, but outside of that, you get to see how they're loving and then you get to decide whether or not you want to participate or to what extent you want to participate. And so when I allow, allow an individual to be free to show up however they will, because I understand like, hey, I'm observed, this is how they love. Do I want to rock with that or do I don't or do I not? Um, and then also this ties into it, but like from my study with the law of attraction, one of the subset lessons, or it has to do with the art of allowing, which means it's just like, not, not just tolerating individuals, but allowing them and sometimes even to the point of appreciating, but if you can't appreciate it, just allow it and focus on the pieces that you can appreciate and, and move forward. So the art of allowing and, and just my different perspective on relationships Okay. Um, has really, it's made it easy, you know? And so that, that right there, I'm saying it's, it's easy, but you got to choose it. It's true. Yeah. Um, and then the other one I had was, um, one of your biggest life lessons. One of my biggest life. <laughs> that's funny. Cause it was the one I just shared, <laughs> the one I just shared, like that, that's huge for me. And again, it's because of how it impacted me at the time that I heard it's what I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. for what I was currently being challenged by at that time, which for me ties for the biggest hurt that I've ever experienced. And so again, that, so that's my biggest life lesson right there, like, you know, um, and eventually that'll change, you know, um, but that's what it is right now. And that's still the one that continues to resonate um, because it's been so impactful in how I move forward from there. Yeah. Cool. So one last question. I know I said the other one, I had one, one question, but I always like to end with this one. Um, what do you know for sure? I know for sure that you can change who you are. Yes. I know for sure you can change who you are and you're an amazing example of that. <laughs> you so, can change who you are. Yes. Like yes. Song. It's a song that says that um, by a different group like unspoken or something it's a whole song that says you can change who you are right at any given moment you can make that decision you can make a decision to change your life and change who you want to be it's your choice to be able to want to do it yes ma'am all right thank you so much i appreciate you sharing with us today your wisdom your experience your story um and you know i'm rooting for you thank you queen all right thank you so much you have a great day Hey, hey, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I certainly hope something I shared added value to your life. And if it did, I invite you to share it on your social media. And if you don't have social media, share it with a friend, someone you love, someone you care about. If you follow me on social media, maybe even send me a message and perhaps we can process it together. Or email me at LakeishaLeonard at SpeakOverYourLife.com. I look forward to connecting with you.